Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, how you doing? Uh, what are your World Cup watching plans? Because while the World Cup will have started before this podcast hits the airwaves, at the time of recording, it's still about a day away. World Cup. That's that's where the world gets together and they all sh- they all share a cup. Yeah, yeah. There's a big big cup and everybody in the whole flip world cup. comes together and is, they all get a is drink. That a flip cup. Yep. They got to flip the cup so, afterwards. So it's like it's like national like thirst awareness. Dustin, I am right now drinking a Coke that says football fan on it. And here you are making jokes about giant cups. You know, we could have talked about the Stanley Cup and how Alex Ovechkin was, you know, partying with it all throughout Vegas after he won, huh? But no. Yeah. No, here you are talking about a big, big cup that the whole world drinks out of. Yeah. The World Cup. Doesn't I mean the name the name pretty much defines it. What 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 countries are you cheering for this year? This this four year event? Uh, the U.S. The United States of America did not make it into the World Cup this year, Dustin. Then I guess I don't have to watch it. <laughs> it's only the biggest sporting event in the entire world. Okay, but yeah, no, you don't have to watch it. You don't need to be a sports boy. Thanks. That's what I'm here for, man. I'm disappointed because my favorite teams are the U.S. and the Netherlands, and neither one of them made it this year. So I'm left in a pickle. I don't even know who to cheer for. You should just not watch and, you know. Oh, that's not going to happen. Cheer for your cheer for your family, Steve. No, cheer there's for nothing better than watching the World Cup. It's better than family. If you really want to talk about something important, let's talk about the new Super Smash Brothers that just came out for the Nintendo Switch. I mean, now talk about saves, talk about entertainment, talk about something that's for the whole family. See, I didn't put that into our show notes because... The account, the Wedding Photo Hangover account, tweeted at you about it, and you never got back. So I just assumed you did not want to talk about Super Smash Brothers. Because how many times do I have to tell you, Steven? I I don't check Twitter. Every Nintendo <laughs> character ever, Dustin. Every Nintendo character ever. Needless to say, when I saw the launch for this, I haven't actually had the time to actually explore what this Super Smash Brothers iteration is all about. I'm sure you know, because you know everything. But... I I was afraid to look it up because I thought it might cost me my hard-earned dollars on a Nintendo Switch. Oh, no. We are both buying Nintendo Switches at some point in time this year because we have to play Super Smash Brothers against each other. And how do you not damn, know about this? Damn it, Steve. Why don't you just spend all day on Twitter like me reading about raccoons that climb buildings in Minneapolis-St. Paul? What? Uh, because I was driving around all day today photographing houses, trying to... Pay for a house mm, that has Dustin, not yet Dustin, been built. Dustin, I am drinking that Coca-Cola that says football fan interspersed with my founder's all-day IPA. And I got to say, Ooh. I got to say, it is not a good combination. But I do need the caffeine, and I do like the alcohol. That That is that is a brutal combo And the for Coke certain. does say football fan. So it's like, what am I going to do? Not drink it? I am a football fan, after all. Football Americano. Dustin... You know what I mean? Yeah. Time for some football. All right, let's Sunday night football. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna murder you. Um, uh, let's move <laughs> straight into follow up. Follow up. Wow, I can't even speak tonight, and that's how drunk I am. 
follow-up trademark John Syracuse. So doesn't we didn't really have anything in follow-up, and this doesn't really fit in follow-up, but I'm gonna shove it in here anyway, because this week I met videographers. What? We were shooting a wedding, and halfway through the wedding, we got to talking about podcasts, and it just so happens on their way, they, they drove from Texas all the way to Indiana to shoot this wedding. And on the way there, they had been listening to the Accidental Tech Podcast, starring one Mr. John Syracuse, the man who coined the term follow-up. And so we had a nice little bonding moment where we all talked about our love of ATP and of John Syracuse and his good, good toaster reviews. It was a great moment, and I just I wanted to share that with the world. Podcasts really can bring us all together. I'm, I'm happy that you had that moment, Stephen. <laughs> Dustin, do we want to talk about some real news, some real topics? Um, did we already talk about what you're drinking tonight? Yeah, yeah I transitioned straight into that in, in the opening when we were talking about the World Cup. Because oh. I got that football fan Coke and I got that Founders All Day IPA, which is a session IPA. Founders All Day IPA is a great Michigan beer. For a great Indiana man like me, Steve Van Elk. Steve Van Elk. Ah, oh, jeez. Now, now, man of the Elks. Now I am looking at the can because I'm pretty certain it's a Michigan beer, but there's like a part of me that is now sweating it, like Steve. Yeah, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Ah, I thought I was gonna be wrong. I'd have to apologize to all the fans. I'd have to apologize to well, probably not you, Dustin, but a lot of other yeah. people. Dustin, let's let's push into. F- Push into some topics. You want to talk about some stuff with me, buddy? Take us down the talkie train. Dustin, this week, there was a photo that went viral. And you know how I love to talk to you about viral photos. So what had happened was a couple was getting married in Colorado in the Durango area. And there is a very large... Wait, 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 wait. The Durango H.O. baby? Steve, Steve, did the Durango eat your baby? I mean, can we just take a second to address the Durango in the room? (laughs) Steve, Steve. keep going. You got any more jokes about Durangos? (laughs) I mean, I'd grab a Dorito, but I might grab a Durango. No, that one, that one, not so good. No, no, no. Come on, come on. Let's get some more. Let's get some more. Let's let's go grab some beer in my Dodge Durango. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you'd get there to the to the Dodge Durango, huh? Huh? So so it was a it was a it was a truck then that ate the baby a a, a truck eating baby a baby eating truck I mean. <laughs> a baby eating truck Dorito monster. So. It's a cruel world out there. Steve. Now that Dustin's got all of his terrible jokes about Durango out of the way, we can talk about the travesty that is happening there as a fire <laughs> burns through all of the land, burning down people's homes. But thank you, Dustin, for those good, good jokes. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to keep it a little lighthearted when Steve goes dark. Call it zero stark. So Steve. the couple getting married, their venue was in the area that was affected by the fire. So instead of getting married at their venue, which was, you know, impossible... They got married on a family member's property, still in Colorado, still in the Durango area, but outside of the area affected by the fire, but where you can obviously still see the smoke from the fire in the background. And the photographer took some photos of them with the smoke and such in the atmosphere as like a backdrop for this couple, kind of documenting like the day and how 
the 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 wedding was changed because of the fire and everything. Now the photographer is asking that like news outlets that want to use the photos um, that they donate money to the community that's been affected, and that anybody who sees the photos, if you have the means to give money to donate money to the community that is affected, because there are a lot of people who are losing their homes and their livelihood and their well-being because you know businesses are being burned down, houses are being burned down. Not everything's covered by insurance, you know. Got it. But the photos went viral, and people on Twitter are pissed off about the photos. Because they think that this photographer is romanticizing the fire or profiting from other people's uh, pain slash loss. So, Dustin, I'm curious to know your thoughts. That'd be like, I don't know, it's not the first guy who's done a photo with a natural disaster in the background. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, natural disaster. Is that what you would call a forest yes, fire? Yes, we, we talked about uh, another photographer who did a photo with uh, the volcano exploding in the background earlier yeah, this year. exactly. So, and I don't believe he got any any shit storm well, I, I don't think the volcano was burning down people's houses at the point in time when he took the photo <laughs> i think maybe later it did but at that time it was just like <laughs> spewing a bunch of smoke in the yeah. air and that wasn't yeah. the volcanoes so, that were erupting in hawaii earlier oh my gosh are we at the end of times probably donald trump is president the u.s didn't make it into the world cup and neither did the netherlands my people the dutch yeah. <sighs> I guess I'm going to have to cheer for England. Is that okay? Yeah. After all the disparaging remarks I made about Uck last week? We might as well move back. I mean, they do have a team that goes to the World Cup regularly. They have a team that's won the World Cup at least once. Like, we don't have that in America. There's no guarantees. It's like Costa Rica's in the World Cup, not the USA. Mexico's in the World Cup, not the USA. Anyway, I'm with you, Dustin. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a photograph that shows that, hey... This wedding was affected by a natural disaster or something terrible that happened. And, you know, any anytime you can take a photo that kind of takes something terrible about their day, which is, you know, a giant fire burning down, like, the area where their venue is. And you can say, like, hey, this is something that happened on our wedding day. And we're not trying to romanticize, like, burning stuff down, but... We're just trying to show the events and what occurred and give them something to remember it by that'll maybe make them not hate it for the rest of their lives, you know? Yeah. I mean, I give kudos to the photographer for even taking it a step further and asking for donations in return for using the photo. Mm -hmm. And that photographer is Alexi Hubble Photography. You can check her out on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll put a link probably to her Facebook post in the notes. Or if you're in our secret Facebook group... I already posted First a link to it. Facebook club. Yeah. yeah, I already posted links to the Instagram photos and Facebook photos on there. See? So if you're in the Facebook group, you are in the know before we are even in the know. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> well, the Facebook group, I mean, we like to say that it's a place for people to hang out, make friends, find second shooters, all that good stuff. But really, I'm just looking for somebody to replace Dustin. That's why it exists. <laughs> it's a constant revolving door of open interviews. Yep. Right now, Louis Novak's in the lead. <laughs> Louis Novak, phantom producer. So, Dustin, next up on our topic list, you have having photos taken of you. Yeah, so this evening, my wife and I um, had some pictures taken of us. We did a little swap diddy do with a. I think uh, it's a swap roo, not a swap diddy do. Swap diddy do, swap diddy roo um, with another photographer. And uh, we did some headshots. She reached out to us and asked us if we could do some headshots of her. Was it like swap da diddy da diddy dum diddy do? Did she look good? Did she look fine? 
No, no, it was just a swap diddy root, not a swap diddy do. Did, did you look at Kern and say, I'm going to make you mine? Steve, Steve, did the Durango ate your baby? Swap the diddy, diddy dum diddy do. <sighs> so you had some photos taken of you. Yes. And little, little swaparoo. And I was just curious, being so. Corinne and I are trying to make a effort this year to have to, to, to do more professional photos of us um, for social media and to, to make our image a little bit more present in the in the branding of our business like it was at the onset. And we've kind of fallen away from that. And we're Dustin, trying to go- Dustin, 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 I have to stop you right there. Don't don't stop me. Dustin, Steve. let me go. Let me go. Dustin. You know I'm available if you need those doudoir photos. You know what I'm talking about, buddy? There it is. There Dustin, it I'm is. I'm always here for you. I just, I want you to know if you're trying to get more really good photos of yourself to post to social media and, you know, photos that are going to get a lot of clicks. What I've found from being on Instagram is that people who pose in their underwear tend to get a lot of clicks. So I just want you to know I'm here for you if you want to pose in your underwear or less. I was hoping we could do a couple's doudoir session, you and I. Yeah, that'd be great. And that could be the new cover photo for the wedding hangover <laughs> Facebook group. I think I think we should do some sort of a fundraiser, and if enough money is raised for whatever charity or whatever, Steve and I will do a couples doudoir session. I one hundred percent support that. Yeah, yeah. Just just a thought. Would would it just uh, would it be underwear or would it be all the way down? Are you down to clown? I think we have to draw the line at underwear. They can be nice underwear. So we're not going anywhere near the brown. I'm not, not talking about those uh, what those whitey tidy fruit of the looms. I'm talking some silky satin niceness. Mm, that sounds nice, buddy. Uh, I'd love to get you down to your silky satin niceness. So you're having photos taken of yourself with Corinne. You're trying to get that into your uh, branding a little bit more this year. Do you feel like that's going to help your brand out? I don't know. I was. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to pick your brain. I wanted to see if uh, you and Jen, I know things are a little different from a business standpoint with you guys this year, um, being that you're kind of branching apart, but not. Um, didn't know if you make a conscious, are making any kind of a conscious effort to do the same. Didn't know what you're, what you're trying to do. Or if you're just taking pictures of Redwoods whenever you see them. I see them all the time here in Indiana. It's just sequoia, 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 sequoia. They're all around me. Snap, snap, snap. I can't go anywhere without seeing one of those damn trees. You should just Photoshop them into one picture from every wedding that you do for Redwood Lane. Like that should be a part of the thing. But it's like, there's like all these photos and then there's just one photo with a sequoia tree and it's just surrounded by like fog and mist, but it's like a bright sunny day and like everybody's just like, what the hell is going on with this photo? Yes, that would be awesome. (laughs) Oh, I would love that. But yeah, do you um, do you and Jen make a, any kind of an effort? Uh, we have been making an effort this last year to be a little bit more intentional about having photos of ourselves and photos of things that are not necessarily ourselves, but things that are personal to us in our feeds again. We used to be really good about that when we first started. Uh, I think because when we first started, our accounts were our personal accounts and we kind of transitioned them into professional accounts. And now we're kind of trying to walk that line where it's like half personal, half professional. Uh, maybe it's more like a quarter personal, three quarters professional. Yeah. We still want people when they look at our work to be like, oh yeah, they do wedding photography. But we'd also like them to be like, oh yeah, there's that Steve dude. I bet he wears Doctor Who socks to all of his weddings. Yes, I got made fun of for that this weekend by some bridesmaids. What? 
I would have left the wedding. I would have straight up walked out. One of them thought that they were dreidels. And another one thought they were something from Star Wars. And then a third one goes, guys, that's the TARDIS from Doctor Who. And I was like, yeah, that's my bridesmaid right there. That's the one who's going to be getting photographed all day. Oh, yeah. So hard. Doesn't you shoot some weddings this weekend? Steve, I always am shooting some weddings this weekend. I shot a glorious, glorious wedding. uh, And I ran into a bit of a pickle where we had a situation arise where... It was sort of like, who's in charge? Which typically when that situation happens, I always just say, I'm in charge. It was a real who's on first situation. Pretty much. uh, The caterer and all of their enthusiasm set up a extra buffet line, which we didn't intend for, which was fine. But the dinner service was finished 30 to 40 minutes early. And so the DJ, instead of just picking up the slack and just moving everything along, just kind of sat there with his hands in his pockets, twiddling his thumbs and was like, well, I'm not supposed to start, you know, the next event until 830. And so so the mom was getting mad at me. Um, We had a... Why was the mom getting mad at you? Are you the DJ now? Are Are you the wedding planner now? No, that was the funny so thing. So why don't you like, just so say to the mom, hey, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about this, but if you want to talk to the DJ, or here, here, I, even better yet, is, if you want to talk to the bride and groom. That is exactly what I said to her, and I gave her, you know, suggestions on what we could do moving forward. I said, it, it seems like perhaps, because I guess really what threw things off was the bride and groom uh, decided not to do a traditional wedding cake. They did ice cream. Oh, nice. So, nice. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's super... Super awesome. The only problem was is the wait staff wanted to collect every single dirty dish from every single table and tear down the buffet so that then they could replace it with some sort of an ice cream buffet. Uh, I I thought you were going to say that the only problem was that, you know, cake they can put out and it doesn't melt. So then, then, you know, like an hour after the dancing starts when Dustin's starting to feel like he needs a little bit of sugar, he can go grab some cake. But ice cream melts. So it's not like you can wait an hour after the dancing starts and then go get you some ice cream because it's all going to be like a melted sloppy mess. And then you're going to have ice cream all over your face, all over your hands, all over your stomach, all over your camera gear. You're just going to be a sticky sloppy mess for the rest of the wedding if you try to do that. No, no ice cream for me, Steven. I am on a strict diet. I thought we talked about this. Yeah, we did. That's also why you're not entering in any uh, beer talk subjects for us. Exactly. I am in a strict six-month-till-death-do-we-part diet. I give you another week. Nope. Going strong. I've lost six pounds in the first week. Well done. That's your body starving. Anyway, so uh, having photos taken of you, to get back to the topic at hand... Yeah. So, Corinne and I had some photos. Uh, My goal is to do this three times a year. Um, I'd love to do it more. I just don't think it's possible. Uh, But anyways, so tonight we we did it and it was just like, man, it was pulling teeth. It really put us in our client's shoes, just like picking out outfits. We were super last minute. We just pulled something out of the closet that we already had. And it was, yeah, I'll, I'll throw those up in the Facebook group for you guys to see when I get a chance to edit them. Um, I haven't even looked at them yet. Oh, what, you're editing another photographer's photos? Yeah, I said it would be easier to just, uh, for time's sake, because I just have so much going on, that we just swap 
memory cards where she shot to my memory card and I shot to hers. That way, you know, she can take a look at how awesome I am in pure raw format. And oh my uh, gosh, Dustin, are you going to suck your own D a little bit more on our podcast? That was a really gross sound. Okay. But I mean, it was a gross statement for me, so probably deserved. Sorry, everybody out there in podcast land. Yep. Oh gosh. But uh, seriously, though, like our listeners don't need to hear you just jerk yourself off about how awesome you are at photography. Oh, they already know. You're right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, absolutely. Just curious to the listeners out there, to you, um, if you make a conscious effort um, to actually like have another photographer, not like just like friends take photos of you with their phones kind of stuff, but like an actual photographer take photos of you and your you know, spouse or you for your business or whatnot. I just see all these other photographers out there that just seem like they have this constant flow of like photos of here's us in our kitchen, like making cookies and like, here's us. Like, is that a, is that a metaphor making cookies? No, this is just the, the, the one thing that I miss the most on this diet. Yeah, Is that, is that what you, is that what you and Corinne call it? Is that what you and Corinne call it? Making cookies? Making sweet, sweet cookies, my friend. Are are Charlie and Max your cookies? Charlie and Max are are raisins. What? What? (laughs) No, I don't know. I just make this stuff up as I go. It's showing. Okay. (laughs) Jen and I have found that we think clients are more attracted to photographers that they can relate with. And we found that when we post more personal things to our Instagram, whether it be to our actual feed or to our stories, we get a lot more interaction from past clients, future clients, things like that. So we want to we want to keep the personal stuff going on our Instagram accounts. So uh, I would applaud you for doing this, Dustin. I think it's a great idea. Thank you, Steven. Now to get back to the whole caterer thing that you were talking about earlier, Jen and I shot three weddings this weekend. Did you? At know? one of those weddings. They did was a, one a Monday wedding? Yes. At one of those weddings, Jeez. they did a champagne pour. And that's where you stack a bunch of champagne glasses, or in this case, it looked like... It didn't really look like wine glasses. They looked more like the glasses you would drink maybe brandy out of or something. But it, they stacked a bunch of glasses on top of each other into a pyramid. And then you pour champagne into the very top glass. And then when that glass fills to the brim, it starts to overflow. And then the champagne goes down the pyramid into the other glasses below. Now, Dustin, something you might be thinking about this is that sounds like a really great idea. And I'm pretty certain I saw it in The Great Gatsby, that film with Leonardo DiCaprio that came out a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And Toby McGuire. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. And in that Great Gatsby, it was like this perfect thing where the champagne's just flowing down all sides evenly. It gets into all the uh, glasses. It looks beautiful, right? Well, in real life, what happens is if you don't have it incredibly level, like just tack, sharp, precision level at the very top glass, what ends up happening is All of the champagne flows down just one side of your pyramid, thus making it so that the glasses on one side get filled and the glasses on the other side don't get filled. And eventually what ends up happening is champagne just starts leaking all over the table and all over the floor. Mm, Sounds fantastic. It was... uh, was, (laughs) Sounds like you should have shot a gif of that. I did not. Uh, Those photos will probably never see the light of day because... It's not that, like, this is a mistake that could happen to anybody, but it was just one of those things where you just see it and you're like, oh, this would be really cool. And then it starts happening. And you're like, oh, this is not that cool anymore. This is, yeah. this is terrible. Yeah. This is a terrible, 
decision. So if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, I want to do a styled shoot where we do something like this for video or for photos, I just want you to know you have to work really hard at getting that right. And even if you get it completely and totally right, like the way the whole thing works is like the champagne is flowing on the outside of the glasses. And even if it's set up completely correct, it's still not going to all flow into other glasses. Some of it will end up missing and just dribbling down onto the table or the floor beneath. So you are going to have like a wet, sticky mess afterwards. So make sure you bring some Purell and some towels and soap and you really get that stuff clean. Mm, all about that Purell, baby. Now you're just lathering it on. Uh, Dustin, next up, I wanted to give a shout out to David Troth Wright. This week, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And they do this thing called Jumbotron ads where people can pay, I think it's like 100 bucks for a personal message or 200 or 300 bucks for like a corporate business message. And this wedding videographer, David Troth Wright, paid for a Jumbotron to pimp out his uh, wedding videography business. And I have been thinking to myself about that for a long time. Like, would that be something that would work for like wedding photography? Like, would that even help bring in clients or do people just listen to that and uh, completely ignore it? So when I heard him do this, I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then they said the name of his URL for his company and it's yourwedding.film. And I was blown away. I was like, that might be the best URL I've ever heard of for a wedding videographer's website. Yourwedding.film. Yeah, they've gotten a lot cre more creative with the uh, domains with some of the new extensions they came out with. The only problem I ran into is because I picked up a few of the like dot photo ones when those dropped. Mm -hmm. But like, honestly, like my clients are not that intelligent. And so like when you when they first rolled out, they were like, I think it was like Internet Explorer or like one of the browsers like just didn't even support them yet. And so people like, oh, your website doesn't work or like whatever. And I'm it was like super annoying or they, or you would say like, Oh, my website's like McKibben.photo and they would just in their minds default to .com anyways. Yeah. So they didn't default to a Google search because I can look at my analytics and nobody types in my URL directly. Everybody's coming from a Google search. Yeah, that's true too. That yeah, people like, it's funny. It's like people don't even type in the URL. They just they would take the extra step to go to Google and then type in, type it in in the uh, Google search bar. Anyway, so I did reach out to David Trouth, right? Yeah, and uh, started yeah. a conversation with him, and we're going to check back in with him in like a month or two to see if he got any bookings from this. Because if uh, you know, advertising on podcasts is a legitimate way to get your name out there and to get business, then uh, you know that's something I would like to be able to talk to our our fans, our listeners about. And about advertising on this great... No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... You're a wedding photographer. Who do you want to reach? Other wedding photographers. <laughs> what a platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you got a workshop or something, it could work out. An editing service, something like that. Yeah. Lots of editing services are lining up to talk on our podcast. That's a conflict of interest, and I turn them all away. Sorry, guys. Speaking of editing service, I know this isn't in the show notes, but I just I wanted to bring this up. So I use a editing service as Steve knows, to uh, edit our photos. This is all going to get a cut. And they they uh, they have a service um, for like a couple bucks per photo. They'll enhance them further. They'll do a little bit more of a specialty edit. 
And anyways, the last wedding they did, um, the photos didn't match anything they've done for us in the past. And so I sent them back and I said, I didn't like any of these, you know, redo them, whatever. Which started a chain of events of all these, all of these passive aggressive emails from the owner of the editing company. Am I allowed to say his name? Go for it because he's an asshole and uh, I think you should put him on blast. So his name is... And he and whoever helps run his editing company uh, was just sending me these passive aggressive emails, essentially wanting me to write like paragraphs of paragraphs of like what I like and dislike about different photos that they've done for me in the past and so that they can refine my editing style. And I was like, I just don't have time for this, guys. Like this is what I pay you for is to just do it right the first time and it was just a whole cluster fuck, if I may say so. And it, and finally, he emailed me today and he was like, hey, just waiting to hear back from you on like, you know, the, these five weddings we asked you to review from like the last two years or whatever. And I and I said, I don't have time for this. You know, I'm just I'm just not going to do the premium edits from now on, because until you guys come up with a way to. Uh, make it easier for me to discern the different ways in which you can apply a premium edit without me having to essentially tell you how to do your job. And maybe you can shed some insight on this because you're, you're in the editing realm, but it's just been super inconsistent and yeah, I don't know. I digress, but it was just funny because I was kind of being passive aggressive at that point. And then he came off with just the most, super passive aggressive email and i'll send it to you it's just it's hilarious i'm just surprised it was passive aggressive and not aggressive he must be toning it back these days so good job it's yeah, let me just read it to you it says hey dustin well maybe okay, ideal. i have to cut this whole section out you know he'd sue us i'm just gonna read you this email okay hey dustin well it may be ideal that's just not possible we can't read minds for many of our clients, they ha- they leave the direction with the edits to the editor. But given your busy schedule, I would recommend that. But you clearly have parameters. But you clearly have parameters that you want us to edit to that we just don't know. So we need your input in order to make that style dialed in. And then he goes on to talk about like scheduling a phone call that maybe that would make things a little less cumbersome for me to just talk over the phone. That doesn't sound passive-aggressive at all. That sounds assertive. Word cumbersome. It's like saying, like, it's too hard for you to write this out, so maybe it would be easier for you to talk on the phone. You literally told him it was too hard for you to write it out. I know. It's funny. It's just funny, Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave the whole thing in, and I'm just going to cut out the part where we say who the editing service is. Sounds good to me. Okay, cool. Okay, Dustin, next up on our topic list, quick comments in Instagram. Have you seen this? I have not seen this. Tell me all about it, Steve. Okay, so I it's not working on all my accounts yet, but a few of my accounts have this thing called quick comments where if you tap to reply or just to leave a comment on somebody's thing, it'll pull up emoji, kind of like the uh, thumbs up, heart, um, laughing face, crying face that you get on Facebook if you hold down on the uh, like button, you know? So it'll yeah. pull up like a few emoji like that, and then you can just tap one of those, and it'll just leave that as your comment. Wow. And does that count towards the algorithm? Uh, what do you mean? Well, there was like this whole thing where it's like if you didn't get like comments that were so long and 
you know, like then, you know, as far as like showing your stuff, they wanted a lot of interaction in order to prove that it was like a legit, you know, thing. I have no idea, Dustin. I don't know how their algorithm works with regard to comments. So that's why you got me, bud. I, you are our number one go-to guy for social media news. That is correct. You know, everything <laughs> there is to know about social media. I know, man. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, Steven. All right, Dustin. Um, I got one more topic for you, and then we're going to go into Q&A. Dustin. Bring it. Bring it hard. Do you ever shoot weddings where the bride nope. has the same dress or the same shoes as another one of your brides? Yeah, all the time. Have you ever commented on that to the bride? Uh, no. I have made the comment after that year. So we had a year where we had like three brides with the same dress. The bride, one bride, I believe, did make the comment like, oh, hey, I think you did a wedding with the same dress as me. You have to also remember, Steve, I'm in a much smaller town than you are. So there's only, I want to say like three or four, maybe five bridal shops. So, you know, the selections are much slimmer than what they have to, you know, as far as offerings go. But those bridal shops are bringing in dresses from different designers. They're not all bringing in the same designers' dresses. Yeah, but there's only so many bridal designers. And I know, like, for so, for example, this particular dress, I believe, um, was from one particular dress shop, and it's sort of that in-between. It's not the super expensive bridal dress shop. It's not your David's bridal. It's, like, right right in the middle ground. Um, And I believe we had three brides get dresses, the same dress from there. And it it wasn't until the following year, because I don't really look at that kind of stuff. I don't really notice, to be completely honest with you. A a wedding dress is a wedding dress to me. I don't say like, ooh, the the ruffles are the same as last week's ruffles. That would be a weird thing to say. Which really sounds super, super awful of me, I think, as a wedding photographer. Oh, did you get the same ruffles? Mmm... Are these potato chips? Uh, Let me uh, eat those up. Nom, nom, are, nom, 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 nom. are these the sour cream and onion ruffles on this dress? Mm. Good selection. Mm, you can really taste it just coming off of them. It's quite the bouquet for my nose. It's just a hole in the butt. Don't worry about it. Hole in the butt. Where did where did that even come because from? Because Dustin, I tore a pair of pants this week while shooting a wedding. What? Why did you do that? I didn't mean to, Dustin. It didn't tear up the is butt. This your no, first, it, it, it teared down it, one of the the legs on the side. And it was only about this, like, maybe two inches. So it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, you could see a little skin. Is this the first time you've done that? Yes. First time I've done it at a wedding. I have torn a pair of pants and got dressed without realizing the pants were torn and was walking out the door. And my mom, who had come over to watch our kids, looked at me and goes, Steve, are you going to wear those pants to the wedding? And I said, yes. And she goes, really? And I go, is there something wrong? And she goes, you have a hole in your butt. It's <laughs> like, so you can just come right out and say that, mom. That's hilarious. I, I half expected, if I hadn't said, like, is there something wrong? She would have just let me walk out of the house and shoot an entire wedding with a hole in the butt of my pants and just embarrass the crap out of myself. That sounds about like your mom. You've never met my mom, Dustin. You can't say that. But if I had to pretend I met your mom and I imagine she's anything like you then that's what I would imagine. She's not anything like me. She's sweet. She bakes chocolate chip cookies. She makes Kool-Aid. She's the cool grandma. She always has popsicles. She always has popsicles. I don't always have popsicles. 
Most of the time, you have vodka. Jello shots aren't popsicles, Dustin. Come on. They should be. Dustin, let's do some Q&A. Let's do some Q&A. What's Steve? Kimberly from the Facebook groups. How do you Mm -hmm. direct groomsmen that are high? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I started to laugh a little bit and I totally massacred that. How do you direct groomsmen that are high? I told them what to do a few times and they literally didn't move. It was about three out of like 12 groomsmen and it really affected my photos. I could imagine. Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've dealt with like very drunk bridal party groomsmen, groom before, but I've never dealt with like super stoned. Yeah. Um, typically m- most have the common sense to uh, wait to partake until after photos are done. Well, see, I wouldn't agree with uh, most having the common sense to wait to partake till after photos are done. I would say most of the time when groomsmen smoke weed, they just get like a little bit stoned. And it sounds like these groomsmen were just blasted off their asses stoned, like just couldn't even move. They were so stoned, you know? Yeah. Like it's not like a normal thing. Like there are lots of people who function every single day while high from just taking huge rips from their bong. Huge Mm -hmm. rips. Or, you know, eating edibles or, you know, whatever it is that they have to do to get through the day. And there's lots of people who function like that all the time. So if these people are so stoned, they literally can't move when you're asking them to move. That's that's like a whole new level of stoned. I would agree. That's like zombie stoned. But here's what I would say. If three out of 12 groomsmen were so high that they literally didn't move. I don't think your problem was that three of them were stoned. I think your problem was that there were 12 groomsmen. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of groomsmen. It wouldn't matter if they were stoned or not. You yell something at 12 groomsmen, I'm surprised more than three of them moved. Period. (laughs) It's usually like 12 minutes of straight yelling at the groomsmen when there's that many to get them to do one photo. I know some photographers that uh, won't take weddings if they have bridal parties that size. Nice. Most of the time I feel like when we book weddings, we don't know how big the uh, bridal party is going to be and neither do the bride and groom at the time of booking. Oh, uh, we, we always ask. It's always like one of the first questions is, um, so how big's your bridal party? We don't have a bridal party. You can sign right here. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to sign saying that you're not having a bridal party. I will give you a discount. Discount City. It's where Steve lives. It's where he comes from. It's his home. Yes. Noblesville, Indiana, also known as Discount City, USA. Coming on July 5th to get all the fireworks you want. All right, Kat from the Facebook groups. I'm shooting a wedding, and one of my exes is a groomsman. He's going to make a lot of comments at my expense. Do I keep it professional and just act like I don't know what he's talking about? Or should I try to put him in his place early on? Man, that's, that, that's a little awkward. The, one of the groomsmen at my wedding this Saturday was actually an um, ex of the bride's. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say one of your exes. No, um, but because of that, that's how her and the groom met. So it all ended up working out okay. But um, yeah, she definitely said it was, uh, was a little awkward. Yes, I would imagine so. 
He was since married and everything. Got married earlier this year. But But now we're not just having story time with Dustin. We need some good, good advice for Kat from the Facebook group. So, Dustin, what you got? Uh, I mean, so I had a situation like that happen um, last summer where I booked a wedding and found out I didn't I didn't at least have the the foresight to know beforehand that my ex was going to be in the wedding but I showed up and saw her and I was like oh shit it was like the only ex that we did not end on good terms with and so I was definitely concerned about what might go down but uh it all went well it all went fine and yeah so I mean that's just that's really a gut call to you I would I'm kind of at that place in my life where it's like if I'm going to be placed in a uncomfortable situation, then I'm just going to not do the wedding. That's really a gut call to you. Doesn't help out cat. Story time with Dustin is over. We need to help these people out. Help them out, Steve. What would you Kat? do? Cat, I like where your head's at. Put him in his place early on. You have to be savage. You have to savage him. Like a Wendy's Twitter account. You dated him before. You know everything about him. Every bit of his body you know about. So tear him to pieces and do it in front of everyone. And just say, then right afterwards, just look at him. Give him him that look you used to give him when you were dating and be like, you you really want to do this? You want to keep doing this? Because I can talk about other parts of your body too. And then look right at his crotch. You know, first out, you just want to start with like a mole in a weird place or something, you know. Just let let everybody know you have intimate knowledge the very first time he comes, comes at, you. at you. And then, you know, just just allude to uh, how small his, uh, you know, his penis is. That's going to put him in his place. That's going to get him to shut up. But how would you deal with it if it was a lady, Dustin? Yeah, I wasn't, sh- I wasn't sure what to do. So I just kind of avoided her. Because you can't penis shame with a lady. No, you can't can't um, or can you or i just can you can you dustin <laughs> dustin can you steven steven i don't know the rules and if i did i wouldn't follow them <laughs> i don't know the rules the rules were not given to me <laughs> the rules were never given to me i was shooting a wedding once and i didn't have an ex-girlfriend there but an ex-girlfriend's sister came up to me to talk and i would love to tell you dustin that i pretended like i didn't know her you know because that's pretty savage and awesome right yeah but the truth Mm -hmm. is i looked right at her and i didn't recognize her (laughs) and she started talking to me and i was just like i'm sorry who are you that's terrible i dated the girl i dated her sister for two years I went on multiple Man. double dates with her. That's even worse. In my defense, she was like super tan when I knew her. Oh. And uh, when I saw her at this wedding, she was not tan anymore, like at all. And she also looked like she'd maybe dropped a couple pounds, you know? So she looked a lot different. And, and her hair was a different color, too. So there were a lot of different things about her that kept me from placing who she was. Until she said, you dated my sister. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And it was bad. It was bad, Dustin. It was so bad. That's when you just, that's when you just, you're, you're too far in, Steve. And you just say, I was in a terrible accident. And I lost a good chunk of my, you know, my life, my memories. 
and you just keep going with it. You know what I mean? See, my thing was I just walked straight at her and I hit her over on the floor and I was like, oh, I thought you were maybe a ghost or something. <laughs> You're like, I was in a terrible diving accident where I went too far down and now I just don't remember anything. Isn't that from Wedding Crashers? Is that what movie I'm referencing right now? I have no idea what you're referencing, buddy. Wedding Crashers, when they, uh, they, they're crashing a wedding and they see a guest that was at another wedding and he pretend, he's, you know, they pretend that, oh yeah, he was in a terrible, doesn't remember anything. I mean, that sounds like something that would happen in that movie. Dustin Aaron from the Facebook group says, how did you go about increasing wedding rates after a rebrand slash redesign? My designer and I are about to launch my new brand and site. It's going to be great. Great. But I'm currently hanging out in the same playing field as several other lower market photogs, booking weddings at under $2,000. I know my work and client experience are worth more than that. And I feel like all the changes we've got planned are going to elevate my brand significantly, which is the whole point, right? So... Do I leave my pricing as is until after I generate some buzz, even though there would be a disconnect between what I charge and the new brand image and website? Or do I increase pricing by a small margin for the launch and then continue increasing rates every few weddings to inch my way towards where I want to be? Or do I just take the leap of faith and make my price match my work, site, branding, and copy? Which scares me because I think it'd be, it put me starting at about $1,000 more than I'm currently booking at. And I'm afraid it'll be crickets for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I think this is something that people, I think, get kind of hung up on uh, is pricing. And they think of it as a fixed, finite uh, thing. Whereas people don't realize pricing can be fluid. Um, and even myself, I don't do a good job of this. I'm not going to lie. Um, your pricing can change when, even though your brand is, is changing and your website is changing, there's, there's nothing to say that your pricing can't go up in increments or, you know, you, you try a pricing structure out for a month and you get a few inquiries, a few session, you know, sales sessions in the door. They don't book you. Okay. Something's not working. Then you tweak the formula and you keep tweaking it until you find that perfect mix. Um, there's you, you're not you're never going to get it perfect, and you're always going to want to inch that pricing up until you find that you know people are not booking you, and then you you back it back down, and then when you find you you can't turn people away fast enough, then you you start backing it back up. Just remember, if people are not booking you, it just means you're too good for them. So just actually and. Forget what Dustin said. Your pricing is fluid and you just need to keep raising it. Every single week, if nobody's booked you, just raise it another $1,000. By the end of the year, if you're not at at least bare minimum $52,000, you're doing something wrong. Also, I think people get sort of hung up on branding as well. Just because, like, just for, like, think of a watch. Like, people think of, like, Rolex as, like, a really luxury brand and they're willing to spend a crap ton of money because that brand looks expensive they that brand is known when someone sees a rolex on their wrist that oh that cost x but just because you look like a rolex but your name is timex 
doesn't mean that you should cost the same as a Rolex. So it takes a little bit of time too to make your brand equal your price. So you you really have to work at that and getting and getting your client and everything kind of in the same category as what your look is. You know what? I got a great idea, Dustin. And this is going to really help you out, Aaron, and all of our listeners out there. Instead of doing what Dustin's talking about, here's what you should do. <laughs> Make a giant Wheel of Fortune style wheel with just a bunch of different prices on it. Every time you get a contact, you go over to the wheel. And <laughs> this is going to be difficult because you're going to be super excited to spin this wheel. And I do not blame you. And so every time you get a contact, you just go over you put one hand on the wheel and you just spin it. And then, you know, it's going to go everywhere from like 52000 a year, like I said earlier, all the way down to a free wedding. And, you know, it's going to be real <laughs> exciting as it comes around. And then, you know, as you start to see where people are booking on the wheel, that kind of gives you an idea of where your pricing should be. Exactly. And every once in a while, you give away a new car. There you go. You could also... Um... It also, that would be kind of fun, though. I mean, I know that's in, in jest, <laughs> but it would be sort of fun to... They would have to book you first, I think, and then say, okay, let's spin the wheel. But it could be like anywhere from like $20,000 to a free wedding. Like that, That's the range it would have to be. <laughs> you in can't order do that if they <laughs> book you first. Oh, you yeah, signed you a do. contract. Now you might have to pay $20,000. <laughs> this other person's going to spin the wheel and they might get a free wedding. <laughs> oh, you made a terrible mistake with your life. <laughs> I think it sounds fun. Hey, just make sure you get that deposit before you let them spin. Exactly. So it won't be a free deposit. wedding. It'd be uh, no more money after the deposit. And the deposit would be whatever you charge for a wedding. <laughs> So exactly. So what it turns your business model into is not shooting weddings. It's collecting lots of deposits. You're basically a collections agency. Um, it's doing, you know, work and all uh, you hey, have to no, do is uh, cover the cost bring, of the bring, giant bring, wheel. Bring, bring. Um, uh, hey, this is Steve from McKibben Photography. Um, is there a Tammy here by any chance? Steve, do you work for me? Oh, hey, Tammy. Uh, yeah, this is Steve from McKibben Photography. Um, a few years ago, you paid a deposit to my good friend, Dustin McKibben. Um, then he spun a wheel, and uh, you were supposed to pay him $20,000 for your wedding photography on top of the deposit. Now, um, you actually did not use him at your wedding, and you never paid him the money. But according to the contract you signed, you still owe him half of that. Um, so look, you know, I'm just doing some basic math here, but it's been about 10 years and with interest, um, you're looking at about $20,000 right up now again. So, uh, I'm going to need you to pay that. Uh, Tammy, 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 come back to us, Tammy. Uh, she's gone, Dustin. <sighs> we'll get you that money someday, buddy. Don't worry about it. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. If you want to join our Facebook group, just look for Wedding Hangover on Facebook. You can find Dustin on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And you can find Steve at Steven Van Elk. If you've been listening for a while and you feel moved by the spirit to send us some positive vibe, 
go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being is aching for the sweet, sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Dun, dun, dun. That's a show, Dustin. Whoa, count it, baby. Boom. 60 minutes and out. Uh, I'm, I'm only at like 58 minutes. We're, we're going to have to pad this out a little bit. Come on, bud. What you got for me? Boom, 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 boom. I don't know, man. Not much. So, wait, I want to backtrack a bit. Tell me a little bit about this triple wedding weekend. Triple wedding weekend. And, and first of all, how did you book a Monday wedding? Um, we got lucky. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, maybe are they, maybe they're posting like a day late. Nope. The planner is a friend of Jen's and recommended her. But I think the bride knew Jen before the planner recommended and wanted to use her already. So just lucky. I mean... Oh, every every person you, you who ends up signing you is basically luck, unless it's like a family member or a referral or something. But I mean, I guess I guess that's sort of true. You just you just work hard. You, you make contacts. You make friends, and uh, hopefully things pan out. But I mean, you can't count on things <laughs> panning out. That's the business, man. Everything's a gamble. You know this, Dustin. You've been in the game long enough. I just didn't know that many people get married on a Monday. Uh, you know. Not many people do. Uh, it's much more common on like a Memorial Day weekend or a Labor Day weekend. Oh, was this Memorial Day no, weekend? No, it was not, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, so you're confusing me, Stephen. I'm just letting you know where it's common for somebody to get married on a Monday. I'm saying there are Mondays where it happens. If New Year's Eve or New Year's Day falls on a Monday, a lot of times people get married on Mondays that year. We we have a New Year's Eve wedding, which I guess is a Monday. You know, I got to say, Dustin... Um, I would love it if all of our weddings took place on like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That'd be great. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, man, we need to start a, a separate branding studio um, where we just shoot weekday weddings. I mean, I can tell you right now, uh, the reason why people choose to do weddings on weekdays is because a lot of vendors will discount their prices for them. Like Redwood Studios? Uh, I don't know about Redwood Studios. Redwood Lane would probably give a slight discount for a weekday wedding, yeah. I'm only interested in Redwood Studios. They're a little higher quality than Redwood Lane. I know. I got to catch up to them, don't I? Maybe I should rebrand. Or maybe I should <laughs> just uh, buy a wheel and start spinning it. Spin that wheel, Steve. Yeah, no, it was a crazy weekend because like, the first night I was shooting a wedding with a second shooter and um, we are at a vineyard and I took my jacket off and I walked away from my jacket because it was really, really hot, and I had to like run down to shoot the ceremony and then run back up, because it was uh, we were kind of compressed on our timeline, kind of all over the place. So I ran down without my jacket to the ceremony because it was very hot, and I had left it somewhere and didn't have time to run back for it. When I came back in, all of my camera bags were gone, and so was my jacket. I found all my camera bags. I did not find my jacket. I had a second shooter there with me. She was also wearing a jacket. She also took her jacket off at some point in time in the night because it was really hot. When she went back to the place where she took her jacket off at, her jacket was also missing. So there was a jacket thief at this wedding? No, I don't think it was a jacket thief at the wedding because when I took my jacket off, I was in a location that only uh, staff was allowed in. Um, all the guests were down at the actual ceremony. Guests would be allowed in that area after the ceremony was done, but at the time it was only staff. So I think uh, they were just like, oh, somebody left a jacket here maybe last night or whatever. And so they were just like cleaning it up and thinking like, we'll move this to our lost and found or whatever. But I mean, I contacted like the person in charge of the venue that night 
and like asked her if they had a jacket somebody had picked up, if there's like a lost and found. And she was like, let me check with my people. They couldn't find it. I called in the next day. They were like, oh, there's a, there's a event, an event going on. So they couldn't find, they couldn't go and see if they had it anywhere. So Jeez. Uh, still waiting to see if I can get my jacket back. This is like a suit jacket. Yeah. Like not just like some sweat, like your Nike, you know, zip up. This is like a legit, you know. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I'm a little bit frustrated. I'm not going to lie, but stuff happens when you're shooting, man. This is why I don't wear suit jackets to weddings anymore, because uh, I just don't want them to get stolen. <laughs> well, there was also a DJ there, and the DJ had uh, one of those Yeti mugs, mm-hmm. and he was moving his gear and didn't move his Yeti mug because he had like his hands full with all of his gear. Came back down to get his Yeti mug and a few other things he left down there. Yeti mug was gone, and the uh, other stuff Jeez. that was down there, too. It, it was somebody at the venue who was just like cleaning up really fast, and it's just like, he got his Yeti mug back eventually before the end of the night but i didn't get my jacket back and neither did my second shooter so it's like somebody was going through and like oh there's something here that shouldn't be here i gotta clean it up and it's just like but where did they put my jacket did it fall into a black hole of jackets is there somebody who works there who just has a jacket collection like this is a men's jacket this is a woman's jacket this one's black this one's blue this one's tweed this one's goo. Now the question is, are you are you responsible for paying your second shooter for her jacket that got lost? No, the venue would be responsible if anybody. Just curious. I feel like in in a Stephen Van Elk world, you would be responsible for everything. No, I'm not responsible for the choices my second shooter makes. They're responsible for their own choices on the day. That's why you hire people you trust. And you say, hey, I need you to go shoot this thing in the other room. And you don't say, hey... I'm going to be micromanaging the whole time you're shooting and I'm going to be looking over your shoulder. Like, I don't have time for that. I have to hire professionals. But do you? I do. Do you, Steve? Yeah. I haven't hired you, so I'm doing pretty good so far. That's true. Burn. I don't have time for that. You only call me when in a family emergencies. <laughs> yeah. I almost called you this uh, for the Monday wedding. I- Ian was sick again. I would have been there, man. But he, he ended up clearing up and he wasn't sick, so my mom ended up watching him. So. <laughs> It was a rough one. Dude, today, or not today, yesterday after the wedding, we were driving up north to visit my family members, and I got out of our car. I put my foot down when I got out of the car, and I turned to the left, and I felt a pop in the bottom of my foot, like uh, the toe pads, like not like the toes themselves, but like where they connect to the foot, like that padded area, you know? Yeah. And um, there was a lot of pain, and then I had a lot of pain walking, and I couldn't put any weight on it. Dustin... Apparently, I have this thing called plantar fasciitis, which is like a where first thing I was gonna say it yeah, was and a tendon in your foot or whatever gets angry with you because you haven't been wearing great shoes or you've been on your feet too much or something. And um, who makes yeah. fun of who for wearing uh, moon shoes to weddings? Well, doesn't uh, this was extremely frustrating for me because this was the first wedding where at the reception I changed into a different pair of shoes and I'm like, I never had this problem when I didn't change my shoes in during the reception. I put my driving loafers on. They felt so good. Apparently, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. Well, I was also wearing sandals the next day. Apparently, that is also a mistake. So, That is also definitely a mistake. That's why you should get Birkenstocks. Ah, gross. No, I was actually thinking about that because, like, my mom and my sister and my brother, they all have this as well. And uh, my older sister's like, oh, yeah, that's why I wear these sandals. And they weren't Birkenstocks, but they were this, the kind that, you know, go around the sides of your feet a little bit and stuff. And more arch support and stuff. She specifically wears those because of her plantar fasciitis. And I'm like, this is my future now, all because of this one day. Yeah, you should uh, get like a 
Corinne, you should talk to Corinne. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. She do, she worked in a podiatry clinic for like six months. I can't do that. We already used your wife's free doctor advice when we thought our son broke his leg. She's going to have to start billing us. I can't afford that. Uh, it all goes to our new house. Do you have any mishaps at your uh, recent weddings? Uh, just that little fiasco with timing. That was really it. Um, because... What happened, because there was this lull, my natural instinct is, oh, let's take pictures. And so one of the the groom's father's um, side of the family wanted to do like a huge, large, extended family photo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I did not know that the groom like hated his father's family. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so the mom, I was like, all right, you know, get everyone out, you know, out on the steps. Um, the venue we were at was like, they had, uh, it was a museum. And so it had like, you know, the, the ballroom, but then outside the ballroom was like this grand staircase to the second floor. Um, and so I said, get everyone out on the steps. I had the DJ make an announcement. And then by then the groom was like pretty intoxicated. And so I went up to him. And I was like, hey, I think your family's out on the steps and they want to do like a big group photo. And he's like, good luck with that. And I'm like, okay, so does does that mean that you don't want to be in your family's group photo? And he's like, oh, maybe later. I'm like, um, so they're out on the, so like, I was just at a loss for uh, how to handle that situation. So I said, well, if you don't want to do it, then I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it then. And he's like, okay. I'm like, okay. And so um, at that point, the ice cream was starting to roll out. Oh, yeah. And, and you didn't want to get all sticky, so you had to eat it while it's still cold. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, so we had to move on, and his family came back in all, like, frustrated. And then we had to repeat the whole, like, ice cream thing, like, as if they did, like, a cake cutting, because his whole family, like, missed it, because they were all out sitting on the steps waiting for us. And... um yeah, so then after the, we did the ice cream thing, we then went out to do the family photo because the wedding planner finally stepped in and was like ushering everyone back to the steps to make that photo happen. And the groom and the bride were just like so pissed off. And like my wife, who takes everything upon herself, she thought that they were like super pissed at us. Like this somehow was our idea to make this photo happen. And at the end of the night, we like apologized again, like, hey, I'm so sorry that like, you know, that family photo kind of like threw off your flow. And I I hope that, you know, that you guys were okay with that. And they're like, no, 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 no. We understand. We understand. We just, we specifically told both of our families that we didn't want to do any extended family photos. And we were just kind of upset that like my stepmom, like tried to hijack, you know, our wishes and I'm like, well, it would have been great. For, you know, I didn't say this, but I was like, it would have been great for you to tell us that you didn't want to do any large extended family photos because I would have stopped it from the get-go. You know how I handle all those photos, Dustin? Just don't do them. No, that's not how I do it. When somebody comes up to me and says, hey, can we do a photo of our side of the family at the wedding? And it's not something that the bride and groom had on their itinerary. I always just say to them, if that's okay with the bride and groom, then we can do it. But you need to talk to them about it. Because I don't want to ever get in that position that you were in where you're like, all right, we got them all together on the steps. I'll go get the bride and groom and then find out the bride and groom don't want to do it at all and create like an awkward situation. So I just kind of push it off. And then, you know, I mean, it was one of those where it's like, I just assumed 
that if, hey, if I get all, you know, this whole family like up on the steps and then at the last minute, pull the bride and groom out, snap the photo, they're out there for literally three seconds. But yeah, it just, it turned into a huge, because what, yeah, it was just a clusterfuck. You're too much of a people pleaser, Dustin. That's half of being a wedding photographer, man. Nah, dude. Like when I'm doing wedding photography, the one thing I'm not is a people pleaser. Like the rest of my life, I'm like, oh, we did this podcast with you. Let me edit all the audio and then send it to you. And uh, I'll put it through all this stuff to make it sound better and everything. And oh, yeah, I can give you an MP3 and a wave. And oh, do you need it downsampled to a different kilohertz or whatever? You're like, I'm all over that stuff. With my video stuff, I'm like, oh, my gosh, did did you need that video in like a different like file format? Did you need it on a DVD? I can take care of all that for you. Don't worry about it. I got it. I'm under it's under control. With wedding photography, it's just like, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that because it's not on my itinerary. I'm sorry. We're moving on. Moving on, moving up. I don't know what it is, but it makes me really like wedding photography. <laughs> I feel like a better person because I'm able to say no to people. That That's the Stephen and Jennifer Van Elk way, though. And it's not the Jennifer Van Elk way. It's the Stephen Van Elk way. Okay, Jen, Jen, Jen's pretty good at saying no to people, too. I just, I can't yeah, deal with that headache. She, she's pretty good. At saying no. I can't deal with that headache like, of like causing some sort of drama on the wedding day. So it's just like, this is not something I'm going to deal with. And I just make it very apparent to them that like, I'm not the one making decisions about what photos to take. But then they're like, but aren't you the photographer? Yeah. And I just say, and I talked to the bride and groom ahead of time and this was not on their, li- their list. So if they've changed their mind and they want to do it, we can run out there and get it. But that's what I say every single time. I don't spend any time wrangling family for those like giant we're going to have an extended thing unless it was on the thing for it's like we had to do one this weekend where they wanted like uh it was like the dad the groom's dad's whole side of his family and i they came up to uh both jen and i and asked us both about it and i was just like we can do that photo if the bride and groom want to do it you just need to get everybody together and once you have everyone together come and grab me and i mean they they took care of it and they got it done like if they really want to get it done they're going to get it done for you Right. And you don't want to waste your time running around trying to track down family members who you don't even know. Like, Oh, I would never do that. Yeah, that's a given. I'm never going to run around and try to track down family members. Yeah, so I mean, I, to me, it's just like you're taking away from my time like shooting with the bride and groom or shooting the reception or capturing all these other different things. Most brides and grooms say they'd rather just have like candid shots of their family members dancing. They don't want a big group photo like posed anyway. So. I was definitely the biggest uh, asshole I'd ever been doing that because I could tell how uncomfortable and how fast the bride and groom wanted to get in and out of this photo. So I kept like yelling at their family, which put me in an uncomfortable position because I don't want to be an asshole. Oh, Jen said to me that when I do family photos, I I use a tone that is apparently asshole-ish, <laughs> I guess. She's like, yeah, you don't sound kind at all. Like you sound like you're just like barking at them to get through it. And I was just like, I don't feel like that. I try to smile after everything I say. (laughs) I force my teeth in together into what humans refer to as a smile, burying my teeth like a chimpanzee. Probably, I don't know. But yeah, Corinne uh, said I am uh, overly complimentary during family photos. Like I'm constantly like calling grandparents like beautiful and honey and all these things which like dude that's weird man why are you telling people their grandparents are beautiful it makes other people in the family photo like smile and laugh yeah but you're not taking the photo during that time because you're too busy telling the grandparents they look beautiful 
Oh, I can talk and take pictures. It's a gift. Really? How do you do that when you got a camera in front of your face and there's 20 people all trying to talk at the same time? I shoot family photos vertically normally. Mm, I always shoot horizontally. I try to shoot horizontally as much as possible throughout the entire night. That's just how my brain thinks because I'm always thinking like video. So I, I don't do mm -hmm. a lot of vertical shots, period. Yeah. I notice because I typically shoot a lot of horizontal as well ever since I started shooting video. And um, recently, uh, two weekends ago, I was shooting engagement photos uh, all over the freaking kingdom. Second year on D again? And I, no. where, 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 where'd you travel to? How many places did your clients pay you to go to? Come on. All you want to, you want to, want to jack your D a little I'll, bit on the, on the podcast again? I'd prefer you jacking my D, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, I'm not there with you. So I can't, sorry, buddy. Maybe next time. Next time. Virtually. So yeah, I, I shot way more, uh, vertically than I normally do because Corinne, uh, wasn't with me and she normally shoots vertically. So I wondered if I was like, psychologically, I was like compensating compensating for her not being there and then in return in, in because of that i wasn't i barely shot horizontally so i was i was wondering if we could get a psychologist on the show to analyze me and so you think you're overcompensating for something always like like a dude buying a sports car yeah how big was the lens you were using while you're shooting these vertical shots i only shoot with an 85 all day every day it's a big lens buddy only the biggest oh gosh we gotta wrap this up now hmm. wow this after show mm. is more show than show <laughs> After show. <laughs> you didn't even talk about any ridiculous movies or TV shows you saw. I haven't had any time to watch any ridiculous movies or TV shows. Because I know the TV show I'm currently watching, you'd make fun of me for, so I can't reveal what that to you. What TV show is that? I can't, I can't reveal that to you, Stephen. It'd be too much, too much ammo for your cannon. <sighs> okay. Thank you so much for podcasting with me on this fine, fine night. My beautiful, glorious Dustin, who does very good work and gets paid to travel all over the USA by clients from everywhere and even gets paid to travel around the world because he's the best photographer ever. And I love him so much and everyone should love him. Goodbye. Enough to book Monday weddings with me, like Steve. <laughs> Can we call this episode a case of the Mondays? Steve shoots a Monday wedding? No, because we want or people to like listen to it. And when we title episodes like that, no one listens. Uh, it's such a good title, though. Case of the Mondays. Steve shoots a Monday wedding. But we don't talk about it till the very end. <laughs> Every episode has to be a clickbait question. We don't talk about it till the very end. This episode is going to be titled something like, uh, oh, what did we talk about? Do you suck your own D? <laughs> <laughs> no. That'll be the title of the episode. Should you suck your own D on a podcast? <laughs> should Steve and Dustin do Dude Walker? That's what it should be. Now, I like Case of the Mondays, but you're right. The title plays, I think, a huge part in how many people listen. Yeah, especially because uh, since we use SoundCloud, it doesn't um, propagate the episode images like to iTunes and stuff. It gets propagated to some of the other podcast players, but for some reason it doesn't work with iTunes. So like our episode images are not even drawing people in. So it's just the uh, just just the title for most people when they're searching their iTunes for podcasts. Just so not fair. Yeah, we just need better episode art. Episode art. I mean, they can't see it, the art. Damn it, Dustin. Titles. I'm back on that Coke. I had too much beer. Doesn't taste good in my tum tum. Tum tum in the tum. All right, Dustin, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. It's been great podcasting with you. Have yep. a good night. Hey, bud.
Bye. just gonna be a sticky sloppy mess for the rest of the wedding if you try to do that wedding photo hangover is edited by steve van elk from bespoke tone you can hit up bespoke tone for all of your photo video or audio editing needs Woo-wee.